Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for Friends, what I'm saying is you got to be careful how you view covenant promise that God has to bless me and then think that means you can go do anything you want. You remember, Amaziah didn't realize the damage that was going on in his own kingdom because of his attitude. He was so proud. He couldn't see the damage he was doing to his own homeland. Friends, when you get proud, you will start causing damage to your own people, your own family, your own stuff. And you'll be so proud, you won't even be able to see it going down. You won't see it happen. And then it will get you in trouble, just like Amaziah in prison. So the throne is okay. God was still keeping his covenant promise intact with Judah. He's got the the son of Amaziah sitting on the throne. The The promise is still there, but Amaziah's got to deal with the consequences now, doesn't he? See, God can make a promise of covenant and keep it. But if you act like a knucklehead and start acting like the devil, He will execute judgment on you for it. Friends, right now is a good time to get right with Jesus. 2 Kings 14, 17. Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, lived 15 years after the death of Jehoash, the son of Jehoiahaz, king of Israel. Now the rest of the acts of Amaziah, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? Now I love it when the Bible says that about a king. It says, hey, you know, the rest of the stuff he did, aren't they written in the public record? You can go look it up because you just know a lot of people would hear this story and say, what? He started out that well and he started getting stupid and he ended up in jail. I I don't believe that for a minute. The Bible says, hey, you don't believe God's word for it. Go look it up in the public record. It will agree. So Amaziah was Jehoash's prisoner until Jehoash died. But when Jehoash passed away, apparently they let Amaziah out of jail. So what do you think Amaziah did for those 15 years after he got out of prison? Do you think he ran back home and hopped on the throne again, said, okay, well, I'm back. Here I am. Time to rule again. (laughs) No, that would not be a good thing for Amaziah to do that, because if he ever got back on that throne again, it would just boost up his pride all over again, and he'd start causing trouble. But not only that, but you got to remember how the prophet foretold that the Lord had determined to destroy him. Okay, so wait a minute, Ray. He attacked the Edomites and he lived. He messed with Jehoash and he lived through that. He went through prison and he lived. Well, doesn't sound like he got destroyed. Well, his his rule got destroyed, but Amaziah himself did not get destroyed. At first, now, he was not granted the heroic death of a soldier in battle. Rather, he was disgraced in jail. But now watch this, 2 Kings 14, 19. And they formed a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem, and he fled to Lachish. But they sent after him to Lachish and killed him there. Then they brought him on horses, and he was buried at Jerusalem with his fathers in the city of David. 
Okay, so Amaziah was Jehoash's prisoner until Jehoash died, but then after he was released from prison, he had to run off to Lachish to get away from these people that were after him. And why do you think there were people after him at all in the first place? Okay, well, ultimately, there were people after him because the Lord warned him he was going to take him down if he didn't listen. I would say that the Lord moved these people to come after him. But of course, Amaziah, he did not want to listen. And so his pride ended up taking him all the way down from the high place of a king, all the way down to a jail cell, ultimately because the Lord warned him that he was going to take him down if he didn't listen. But I believe that had a lot to do with the 100,000 soldiers that came and attacked Judah. You know, there's a lot of people got hurt, a lot of people got killed. They were probably robbed, stolen from, houses torn down, property destroyed, whatever. People are mad and they know whose fault it was. This was Amaziah's fault for leaving us defenseless while he was going off trying to beat his chest in front of everybody. So yeah, now that he got out of prison, believe me, there's a lot of people ready to take him out that wanted to see him go down, caught him at Lachish, and they killed him. He caused a lot of trouble, and it came back on him. Amaziah did not want to listen, and so his pride ended up taking him all the way down from the high place of a king, all the way down to a jail cell, and then all the way down to being on the run, and ultimately as far down as being put in a grave, dead. In his pride, he challenged Jehoash to a fight. He was warned by the prophet of God and by King Jehoash himself not to do this. But after that fight that he had with Jehoash, he never sat on his throne again. There was a new king on the throne. Now what he should have done, he should have got down low before the Lord instead of being taken down. That's one thing about the Lord God. If you won't get low before him, he has ways of making you do it if he wants you to. 2 Kings 14, 21. And all the people of Judah took Azariah, who was 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father Amaziah. He built Elath and restored it to Judah after the king rested with his fathers. So look at this. The people, they didn't like Amaziah. He was just, we, we're done with this guy. He, he's not, he was not a good ruler. He abandoned us. We got in trouble for it. They did not want Amaziah back as king ever again. Not a knucklehead of his caliber. So first off, he caused damage to the kingdom, hurt a lot of people. But you can see how the Lord brought some restoration back to the kingdom of Judah through Azariah, his son. It says, that Elath was built and it was restored to the kingdom. And friends, you know, we mess up and we sin and we we fall away and we abuse covenant sometimes, but God has a way of keeping his promises together. And he also is a God of restoration. He judges, yes, we saw him judge Amaziah, but the Lord is a God of restoration. I want you to remember that. Maybe you messed up in your life. Maybe there was a time when you abused the covenant of Jesus Christ on you. And you're genuinely sorry for it now, and you've gotten low before the Lord and repented, say, forgive me, Lord, I, I sinned, I'm sorry. God can restore. Did you know that? Let him work to restore. Look what he did here in this Second Kings 14. He'll do it for you too. Second Kings 14, 23. In the 15th year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, became king in Samaria and reigned 41 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin. He restored 
the territory of Israel. Look at this, guys. This is the guy that the Bible just told us how bad he was. Verse 25, he restored the territory of Israel from the entrance of Hamath to the Sea of Arabah, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he had spoken through his servant, Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet who was from Gath-Hafer. For the Lord saw that the affliction of Israel was very bitter, and whether bond or free, there was no helper for Israel. And the Lord did not say that he would blot out the name of Israel from under heaven, but he saved them by the hand of Jeroboam, the son of Joash. (laughs) Wow. Okay, remember what I said about the very name Jeroboam means that Israel was saying, hey, we're going to implement false god worship, golden calves and all that stuff. He's a bad guy. It even says he was bad. He did wicked stuff. But get this. uh, This is what blows my mind. Here's a wicked king that did evil, and it says he reigned 41 years. Now, this is longer than any other king that was before him. Nobody had reigned longer, not even King David. Nobody had reigned longer than King Jeroboam, this wicked guy. 41 years. He holds the record, okay? Now, typically, wicked kings had short reigns. We read earlier in the king's books that uh, there was one guy that lasted seven whole days, a whole week. (laughs) Some of them lasted a year, maybe two. And that was kind of typical of bad kings. But why did the typical statistics of short-lived kings, wicked guys, suddenly reverse for this king? Why did Jeroboam have such a long reign when other wicked kings before him had short reigns? What's going on here? Why? Because God had compassion on Israel. God has compassion for his people, friends. And it says, since there was no one to help Israel, then the Lord alone moved whoever he wanted. In this case, Jeroboam. He moved Jeroboam to help his people. And so the Lord even used this wicked king. The Lord gave him lots of political power so that he would have the influence to move big things around. And it says Jeroboam restored Israel's borders back to how they were during Solomon's time. And this was actually prophesied, it said. We read that. If you look at verse 25, where it says that Israel's borders were restored according to God's word, according to the prophet that spoke it. And this prophet's name was who? Who did you hear me say? Jonah. That's right. Jonah, the same Jonah that was swallowed by the big fish. Now, you're not going to find any information about Jonah's prophecy here, except right here in 2 Kings 14. This is the only place you're going to find that prophecy. It's not written in the book of Jonah. And the reason that we know that this is the same exact Jonah, the one that was swallowed by the fish, is because it specifies that this Jonah was the son of Amittai in 2 Kings 14. But if you also go to Jonah chapter 1, it gives the same specifics, that Jonah was the son of Amittai. This is the same person. And so Jonah had prophesied that this guy, Jeroboam, would do this restoration work. And so the Lord, he used Jeroboam, yes, even a bad guy. He used Jeroboam to fulfill a prophecy that he had made to restore back to Israel what they had lost. Israel had lost territory because of the sin. God was ready to restore it back, and he did it through a wicked king. I mean, guys, this just trips me out. Now, I know you're seeing a lot of things on the news and a lot of scary stuff, bad people doing all this crazy stuff. Hey, don't worry about that. If if you think that man can mess up God's world, 
then that's just to admit that God lost control of the world somewhere. God's still in control. He never lost control of his creation. God is using who he wants to do what he wants. And to be honest, if you look at the way the world's headed, it is prophetically going exactly the way God's word said it would. So take comfort in that. Don't worry about it, okay? So God restored back to Israel what they had lost, even through this wicked king. And when we read this, we see that the Lord did not base his decision to save Israel upon anyone else's opinion or upon anybody's advice to God or by anybody's capacity or any king's power. The Lord God did all this through Jeroboam. It was the Lord's will to do this. God does not need anybody's suggestions. He doesn't need their advice or their help. There was no helper for Israel at that time. So what God did is he moved Jeroboam. He gave Jeroboam this inclination to go out and reclaim borders and to do these certain things that Jeroboam thought was his own desires to do, when actually it was God using Jeroboam to get done what God wanted to do. (laughs) Now, this is a very vivid lesson for us that the Lord will fulfill his purpose however he wants to through whoever he wants to, and he will do it despite the sinfulness of us human beings. God has a way of doing what he wants through who he wants. And because of God's promise and because of God's compassion, he refused to blot out the name of Israel from under heaven because God has a lot of promise wrapped up in Israel. It can't disappear. All these countries that are even today trying to take Israel out, they're never going to do it because God has a lot of promise wrapped up in Israel. Israel is going to maintain and survive because God's going to help them because God promised to do a lot of things through them. But I love it how it says he refused to blot out the name of Israel. And friends, this is our gracious God who does these things like this. God has compassion. He promises. He restores. And that's all according to his goodwill and not according to us. (laughs) Thank God he doesn't do it according to us, because if it was according to us, we'd be gone, we blew it. But God does because he wants to do based on his love for us, because he cares about us. He loves us. It's not dependent on you and me. 2 Kings 14, 28. Now the rest of the acts of Jeroboam and all that he did, his might, how he made war, and how he recaptured for Israel from Damascus and Hamath what had belonged to Judah. Are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? So Jeroboam rested with his fathers, the kings of Israel. Then Zechariah, his son, reigned in his place. So it was during Jeroboam's reign while he was on the throne that the the prophets Amos and Hosea, they came to minister in Israel. So if you'd like to read more about Amos and Hosea, that may give you more insight into how life was going on in Israel during this period of time. But the main problem in our chapter here was Amaziah's pride. He thought he was just untouchable. Now, he started off really well. We saw that he respected God's law and the things that he did when he had those conspirators that killed his dad. He had them killed and not the children. He followed the Mosaic law. He did things good up front. But verse 4 states what his real hang-up was. The high places were not taken away. He could have ordered, take the high places down. We're going to worship in the temple, in the house of God, the way God wants us to. 
but he didn't make this correction because he got too proud. Matter of fact, he brought the Edomite gods home. You're not supposed to do that with a a people that you conquered. (laughs) That means their gods couldn't do anything to save them. He, He got bad. He started off good, but he ended up getting off bad. Now, friends, I want you to remember, it's kind of like these people that say, well, I'm a Christian. I got saved when I was 16 years old at Christian camp a long time ago, and they started off good, but somewhere along the way, they got corrupted. They got into doing bad things and sinning and doing things that they know they're not supposed to do. It'll cost them. Consequences will come. So yeah, maybe you did get saved when you were in junior high. I hope you did. Praise God. But what are you doing now? Did you forget? Did your career and your money and all these things that you've accomplished in life make you proud and you're walking with your head up high? You're causing damage in your own life. You don't even see it yet. Man, you need to get low before the Lord God. Don't be like Amaziah. I want to show you something from Isaiah 2 verse 12. It says, The Lord Almighty has a day in store for all the proud and lofty. For all that is exalted, they will be humbled. This means that you get proud, God's going to bring you down. That's why it's so good to get down on your knees and say, Father, forgive me, I have sinned. That's why you're supposed to consider everybody else better than yourself. You esteem them higher than you. Even if you are the CEO of a of a big company and you walk down the hall and there's the janitor mopping the floor and you feel like, well, I'm a lot higher up than he is. No, you treat that janitor like he's higher than you are. Well, no, I can't do that. Come on, Ray. Well, Jesus came down from his throne to die for you and I, and he's higher than we are. Why did he treat us better than himself? He died on the cross for what we did wrong. You see what I'm saying? I've seen Christians get so proud like this, and they think God has so much favor for them that nothing bad could ever happen to them. I can sin all I want to. I can do anything I want because I'm a child of God, and they go and sin like the devil. They get proud of their career, their money, or their status. And friends, what you end up doing when you act like this is you end up building a throne for yourself, your own throne for your own little kingdom, your own little sphere of influence that you have that you're so proud of. That's my kingdom, and there's my throne, and I'm going to sit on it, and I'm the master of all that. The Lord will humble such people, it says. We just read it. It's just like the way he brought down Amaziah. Amaziah only thought he was untouchable until God brought him down. And if God can take down someone as high up and powerful as a king, then he can surely take down any one of us, you and me, if we get too proud of ourselves also. So consider that Amaziah was a king that went down into a grave on account of sin. But then after that, God restored his people. Well, there's another king that I'm thinking about right now. He went down into the grave on account of sin also. His name was King Jesus. He died on the cross for our sins so that God could then do the work of restoring his own people. You know, all of us sinners, we lost our relationship with the Lord God. But Jesus, he did the work to restore us back to God again, to have fellowship with him again. And that comes with the gift of eternal life. And once you make Jesus Lord of your life, I'm going to tell you right now, you let Jesus become your king and your Lord, your Savior, you will never sit on your own throne ever again, not with King Jesus reigning in your life. So remember from verse 27, 
that the Lord said he would not blot out the name of Israel from underneath heaven, right? You remember that. Friends, when you get saved in Messiah Jesus, God offers you the same promise too. Revelation 3 verse 5, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. (laughs) Friends, if the Bible doesn't excite you, you're not reading it. So friends, I want you to remember that God binds your salvation and he binds it with covenant promise. Don't abuse that covenant like Amaziah did. You know, today, everybody, they're seeking some kind of glory. They're looking for glorious stuff, and they want to be all in the middle of it, and they want to roll around in it and go, oh, this glory, this glory. That's what everybody's up to these days. Problem is, they're looking at it in the wrong places. Jehoash told Amaziah, if you really want a glory in something, glory in the wind that you had over the Edomites, but stay home. Don't cause trouble. Glory in what you got, but don't cause any trouble. Friends, I think that's good advice that we should listen to. Jehoash gave Amaziah a way to glory in something. If you want to glory, glory in that, but don't cause trouble. Okay, I want to give us all the same advice that Jehoash gave Amaziah. We need something to glory in that won't get us in trouble. You see what I'm saying? Let me just give you the same option that Jehoash offered to Amaziah. If you really have it built in you to glory about something, but you need a safe way to do it, let me give it to you. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 31 says, As it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. You want to glory? Glory in Jesus. You want to roll around in some good glory? Roll around in Jesus. Get all in God's word. Just eat, breathe, sleep, and praise Jesus. Glory in that and stay home. Stay home in the Lord. Don't go out and cause trouble. You want something to glory in? Glory in Jesus Christ. He's your Savior. Father, forgive us. We have all sinned. Father, thank you for giving us a way out. Father, as the prophet did, so you have sent us a message to repent. Father, forgive us for our pride. Anybody listening to me today? that maybe they've realized they have built up a little throne for themselves, a little kingdom for themselves. Oh, look how great I am at this thing. Lord, forgive them. Father, forgive us all for the sins we've brought upon other people. We're causing damage and we don't realize it. Lord, we want to get right with you today and show us the damage we may have caused on others so that we can go and reconcile and make right with them. Just forgive us for being such sinners. And thank you for coming to die for us, even though you knew beforehand the damage we were going to cause. Thank you for coming to get us, that you will not blot our name out. Oh, we, you're such a good God to us, Lord. I can't exp- express it in words except thank you. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. I take it. I want to walk according to your law, according to your will. Thank you, Lord God, for saving me and for all the people out there who realize they need to get right with you today. Bless them, Lord God, and lead them and guide them. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Gosh, I want to just pray all day. I should just do 10 more podcasts of nothing but prayer. But thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to 2 Kings 14, Untouchable. And you know, you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.